This is Wetlock, my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife. Join me on my journey as I bring you crazy stories, informative facts, updates on my husband, advice from my family and friends, and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system. This is not your average love story. Welcome to Wetlock. Hey guys, this is episode 10. Yes, we are halfway through season one, guys. I am so excited. Thank you guys so much for being on this journey with me. Thank you guys for tuning in um, every episode and just being a part of 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 this podcast with me as you know this is my first podcast so i can't even believe i've made it through 10 episodes already and guys when i tell you season two is going to be so amazing i have been working on new content um i have been putting a lot of things together you know this is my first podcast I mean I have learned about editing promoting the podcast so just being able to elevate into a different level of the podcast is going to be just so exciting for me and again I'm just coming with a lot of new content um if you guys tuned in to bonus episode four with myself, Michelle, and JoJo. JoJo brought up a idea about me starting a support group for wives that are dealing with incarcerated loved ones. And throughout this um, national federal lockdown, it has showed me that it's really, really needed. Now, I'm I'm very aware that there are other support groups out here. But again, this is new territory for me. When I originally started this podcast, I just wanted to tell my love story with my husband and try to remove the negative layers of being in a relationship or being married to someone that is incarcerated. I wanted to show the love. I wanted to express the happiness within my situation to give hope, you know, and to show that it's not as bad as what you may think it is because of where they actually are. Um, And that was my main objective. It was really my main objective. I love my husband and we have so much fun. And I just wanted to share that. I wanted to share that love. I wanted to chronicalize my journey every step of the way so that you could get to know the inside of my house that on the outside to many people is ugly as I've stated before in my previous episode. So to jump into season two with so much more to offer, it's a wonderful feeling for me. I did not think that this podcast would even move into the direction that it has been moving, but it has. And within that, I realized that a support group was needed and Jojo was absolutely right. The next day after recording um, episode, bonus episode for my friend Demita, who is the president of FAIR, and I told you guys, you know, she helps in helping inmates who are wrongfully sentenced. She came to me the next day with the same idea. And so I felt like it was a sign. I felt like, okay, maybe this is something that I need to do. And within that conversation, she just threw a name out there and was like, I think that this would be a good name. And if you know me, my wheels turn. I am always thinking business, always thinking brands. And the name stuck with me. I immediately jumped on my tablet. I created a logo. And at that point, fed up wives was born 
Now, I have a lot of paperwork to do. I have to make everything official. You know, I have to do a couple of social media pages so that people can be able to um, contact me or, you know, talk to me and just different things like that. So I'm really excited about this, guys. And if you hear my cat in the background, she has a visitor that has been coming to my window ever since last night. Oh, my God. But this morning when I woke up, I needed some fresh air. I needed to open my window. I needed to burn my incense. I needed to burn my meditation candles so I could get a flow of energy in here Um because I need it. This has been a draining week for me. It's been very emotional for me. This lockdown and not being able to hear from my husband and hearing the concern from other people, it has really drained me. So I had to get up this morning and I had to channel some positive energy flowing through my house. So my cat Penelope is literally sitting in my window And I guess she has a male caller that's outside my window, but they have been driving me crazy all morning. Their form of communication and the meows all morning has just been throwing me. But guys, I'm at home. I'm at home. I'm at home. I I, I do these episodes from my bed, from my living room, you know, so that is something else that is I'm excited about in season two. I'm going to start doing live episodes, guys. So it's so much coming up, so many different wonderful things happening. But the first thing I wanted to really talk about was this new support group, Fed Up Wives. It's going to be a nonprofit. And what I want to do is I really want to be able to not just provide a place where wives and not just wives but girlfriends and fiancés can come and talk about the things that go on with them you know it's a lot of up and downs when you're in these situations um emotionally and i want to be able to provide that but i also want to help financially too this process has showed me how expensive this can be and my husband doesn't have double digits to do so i can only imagine having to sit back and worry about how your next 10 15 or 20 years are going to be financially and it becomes very stressful and very very financially stressful as well so i want to be able to help i want to be able to help when school time comes around help with school shopping with clothes with supplies I want to be able to help with bills. I mean, having to pay bills on the outside and then having to make sure that your husband um, or your fiance, your boyfriend is okay. It's very straining. It's very straining. I myself have actually felt some of the strain because again, I mean, I spent 10,000 some odd that when I just, I, me and my husband just spent close to if not more than ten thousand dollars just on phone calls that's not even commissary you know included and it can become a lot it can become a lot your whole dynamic of your lifestyle changes and I don't care how much money you have I don't care what job you have I don't care what savings you have it is still a stressful and straining situation um Sometimes these guys go away and they have money put up. They have money, you know, that is able to provide up until a certain amount of time. Because when you're spending money and not making money, the money eventually is gone. So I want to be able to help in scenarios like that. Um, I'm starting out at zero when it comes to this. So I have a lot of work ahead of me. And if you know me, you know that that doesn't scare me one bit. I just have to add this on to my day to day. So yes, guys, Fed Up Wives is the new support group that is supporting wives of federal incarcerated inmates. And At the end of this episode, I will give more information where you can contact me. 
um, if you want to help. If you even have ideas about this support group, you know, I'm always open to anything. Um, season two is going to be me um, opening up about my dad. And all the things and circumstances and um, experience that I endured with my dad up until him passing away. And it's going to allow me to finally talk about it, to finally prepare to maneuver in trying to find justice for my dad. Um, It's a lot of layers to this story. And... For the first time, you know, this podcast has definitely helped me in being able to talk about it, figure out how to move forward. And I'm going to share that with you guys every step of the way. I'm also going to share with you me preparing for myself and my husband having a son. My husband wants a son. And it took me a while to really consider this, guys, because of my age. That was a very concerning matter to me. I'm 44 years old, you know, and I know that I'm at high risk at this point in my life. But my husband wants a son. I love my husband and I never really wanted kids. But at this point in my life, I want to have a son with my husband. I want to be able to create this life with him. And um, you guys are going to be on that journey with me as well. And it's going to be a journey. I mean, I've already been consulting with my doctor. My cousin is going to help me along with this process. So you guys are going to be on this journey with me as I prepare to have a baby. <laughs> Give my husband a son, which by the way, Our son's name is Mars. Yes, we have already named our son. And that is something that I will also open up and talk about in season two. How do we come up with the name? I have a crazy story about Mars already. This is how I know my son is definitely going to be here. But I have an amazing, (laughs) crazy story about Mars that I will definitely share. Um, I give you a little sneak peek in story time. But season two will definitely start talking about Mars. So that's pretty much some of the content for season two. Now today, I actually have my first podcast interview. um, And I'm excited about that. I have this interview with my friend Demita. Um, Again, she is the president of FAIR, which helps wrongfully sentenced inmates and we're doing an interview today this interview is pretty much going to talk about this nationwide federal lockdown and how it's impacted different families um and how it's affecting the inmates as well so yes guys i will be doing my first podcast interview with lunchtime with anna and i'm excited about that as well and i definitely will put all the information in the um episode content i am still working on a website guys so just bear with me but all of this stuff will be pretty much done by tuesday so i'll have more updated information when it comes to that but season two is definitely going to be able to um view on the website i've already began a youtube channel so it's gonna be amazing guys it's just gonna be flat out amazing um and i'm so excited about it i'm excited about it because again i did not think this podcast was going to steer in this direction so i am just truly grateful for you guys that continue to come back continue to listen continue to um, subscribe and pass the word on i have so much more so much more to tell so much more to give and 
I'm excited. I'm excited. 10 more episodes to go until season two. And as I stated in every episode, I am going to keep the content coming. I am going to get better so that I can continuously keep you entertained. And that's my promise to you guys. And and that's what I'm working on. So yes, guys, like that's pretty much my topic of the day. I just wanted to give you a little bit of insight of what's to come for season two um my dad's story uh, me preparing to have a baby and my son mars and um this support group this support group that just came out of nowhere but it was confirmed to me that this is something that i needed to do and so i'm definitely going to work on that and i hope you guys you know support me if you know anyone that possibly needs the support you know just start passing the word around guys it would be so appreciated and yes guys so that is my topic of the day today you know um it's been a rough week it's been a rough week for me I'm mentally tired I'm physically tired um you know I I want to talk to my husband and It's just amazing to me how you get so used to a person being in your life and just the happiness that they bring to you. And again, that was the purpose. That was the purpose of this podcast. I just wanted to give a story, a love story, and and hopefully help somebody who's going through this to not walk away, to try to see you know, a better side of things and tear down the layers of such negativity when it comes to being married to an incarcerated person um, or being in a relationship with an incarcerated person. It is so much love between me and my husband. Like I like he's my best. He's my bonus best friend. I say it all the time and not talking to him or hearing from him it's 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 something that I can't really really explain um it makes me sad a little bit you know not as far as worrying about him but I just want to talk to him you know I want to he's a part of my everyday and I miss him and um it's been rough it's just been rough so again guys We're going to continue on with episode 10. Thank you guys again for joining me and tuning in. It's story time, guys. So, as promised, I am going to give you a little, little, little sneak story. I can't say sneak peek, (laughs) but sneak listen to um, about Mars. (laughs) Mars is myself and my husband's son. My husband has been talking about he wants a son like probably three months into our relationship. Um, He knows I never really wanted kids. I mean, the idea popped in my head here and there, but um, I just never wanted to have kids without having a husband. I mean, that's just how I was raised. No disrespect to anybody else, you know, but that's just how I raised. Everybody in my family pretty much is um, married, you know. And they're married to the uh, father of their kids. So, you know, that's pretty much what I saw growing up. You know, both my parents and that's what I wanted for myself. So I never really wanted the quote unquote baby daddy type of situation. And um, I don't know. I mean, and and at that point, it just never really was a big thing on my to do list. But my husband wants a son and we just started talking about it more. And the more I got to love my husband and just love everything about me and him, it became something that I really wanted to share with him as well. 
and he has daughters so of course quite naturally he wants a son and if i had to choose i always would have went with having a son as well me and girls i love girls you know i love my nieces and all that kind of stuff but i don't know it's something about boys and i really think after my dad passed away i really really wanted a son so when my nephew came I just fell in love with that little boy. I mean, matter of fact, he actually looks like my son. Like, my nephew looks like he could be my son, not my brother's son. But, um, so yeah, me and my husband started talking about having a son. And the topic just continued to grow. Like, every conversation we had about having a son... You know, it was my son, my son, my son. You know, I want I want my son with you. And, you know, and I just start falling in love with the idea. I really start falling in love with the idea. The only thing is, is that my husband has this crazy idea in his head. He thinks that he is going to um, rough him up and do all these crazy things to him. And telling me I don't have a say-so when it comes to his son. And I'm like man whatever like you know you he can't be no mama's boy and all this type of stuff so he think he gonna be punching on my son and making him flip off walls and um i don't know my husband's crazy he's trying to turn my son into a damn hit man probably <laughs> i don't know but anyway um we was just, you know, like I said, talking about having a son and I just fell in love with it to the point where I even went to my cousin about, you know, my cousin just had a baby. So I went to her about it and I was like, I'm just really scared. You know, I'm about to be 44 years old, which at the time I was, you know, 43, I'm 44 now. And, um, you know, she was real supportive. Like, listen, like, Hey, this is what we can do. This is how I can help you. Um, I started talking to my doctor at one point, one of my doctor's visits, he was actually on the phone with me. So, you know, my doctor, Lord have mercy has been trying to get me to have a baby for the past 10 years. So when he found out I had a fiance and we was talking about having a baby, oh, my doctor was like, yes, I've been waiting for this. So let me tell you what we're going to do. Um, and he definitely, you know, talked about the high risk, um, and, you know, referred me to another doctor. He told me some different things, you know, that me and my husband could do to, you know, kind of guarantee of us having a son. So this conversation, you know, had been something that we, you know, we were talking about and we were planning. And guys, let me tell you, I am crazy. <laughs> I started doing research on court orders. <laughs> How can I get my husband's lawyer to get a court order so I can get his sperm? Because I'm like, oh my God, by the time he come home, I'm going to be close to 50 years old. I don't want to have a kid at 50 years old. My doctor in one ear telling me, oh, Janet Jackson had a baby at 50. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not Janet and nor do I have Janet's money either. But you know, it's all things possible, all things possible. So I started doing my research. I'm sitting here like trying to figure out how can I get a court order for my husband's sperm. Then I start trying to figure out, okay, so once I get the sperm, what do I do with it? I start, you know, learning about, um, how to freeze the sperm and all these different, um, containers you got to get and uh you can't put it in the freezer because xyz i'm telling y'all i did my research okay so i'm telling my husband about it he like okay okay and i'm telling you one thing about my husband he be on board he be on board he be laughing but he be on board like okay baby if that's what you need for me to do is if that's what we got to do you know he even went as far as to tell me like if you really are concerned and you worried about something possibly happening to you or anything, you know, we can get a surrogate. Uh, I don't care how much it costs. And I was like, uh-uh, baby, we're not doing a surrogate because these bitches be getting crazy. Like, I'm telling him about movies on TV and he don't know nothing about it. I'm like, yeah, they be falling in love with the man. They be feeling like, oh, this baby's growing inside of them and it belongs to this man. And then they want the relationship with the men. I was like, nah, we, we, we not doing that. So, 
he was but he was with whatever whatever it took to make me happy whatever it took so he could have his son he was willing to do it naturally coming from me yes but if it became a situation where you know my health or something was gonna be involved he's like baby whatever it costs we'll do it you know however we got to do it we'll do it and I love that about my husband he is so supportive but he's supportive in a way that he's not selfish like he's not putting his needs um before mine are are my health and I mean I've had relationships and I've had friends that have relationships where you know when they want something they want it and it doesn't matter you know what happens to the next person or how it affects the next person and my husband is not like that and I, I just I adore him so much when it comes to just how he is selfless my husband is extremely selfless um when it comes to me like I mean in the beginning you know during our growing pains I I, you know I tell y'all had concerns now but um he was supportive of whatever so within this process guys hold on I have to get some water because I feel like I'm this 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 story is gonna have me laughing so much I might just choke and die or something (laughs) I, I don't know but he was supportive guys and in the process of talking about Mars and me doing all this research, I we I started talking about um, when it came time for me to come get his property. Because, again, you know, he was in his holding facility and we knew that um, he was going to have to be moved. So, in the beginning, y'all, I was trying to tell my husband to mail, to put the, <laughs> put the sperm in the mail I'm trying to tell him how long it's gonna survive in in um in um latex gloves. Oh my god! And my husband was with it. This is what I'm trying to tell y'all. He was with it. He like, okay, so baby, we gotta use a glove. Okay, so then what I do? And I'm like, no, nah, we don't need to do it that way because if you mail that, if you mail it out to me, they might check the mail before it goes out. Like, no. Nah, I don't want him to, I just didn't want him to get in any trouble. Then I'm like, well, how long is it going to survive in the mail? Like, I'm telling you, I was doing my research and my husband was with it, okay? But naturally, you know, we knew we couldn't put Mars in the mail. So I had this idea, y'all. I had this idea. So when I went to go pick up my husband's property the first time, it was easy breezy. It was easy breezy. They bought me the stuff, you know, and hey, I was in and out and I was I was home. You know what I'm saying? That's when I got my commissary, my potato chips and all these things that he had been saving for me. So on the next go round, I'm like, babe, so what if you put mars with the property and i come get mars i'ma have a cooler in a trunk <laughs> i'ma have all the things that i need for mars to get home safely and i i was calling the cooler y'all the baby seat okay <laughs> so i'm like you know i can come get mars you know i'm I'm gonna come i'm gonna come get my i'm gonna come get mars so i was doing all this research the night before like okay so this is how long i have so this is what has to happen i knew i couldn't put it in the freezer i had to learn some stuff too y'all like i really learned like you can't like really freeze sperm because it gets all like gooey and gushy and jelly and you know it, it has to still stay like you know thick liquefied or whatever so i had did all this research so i'm on my way to go get mars and y'all when I got to the jail to pick up Mars, <laughs> just know you have to tune in to season two to hear what happened. Oh, I got Mars, but you do not know what all I had to go to to get Mars. Um, yeah, it 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 it's definitely a story it's a story and this is why i'm telling y'all my son 
is going to be here. We're going to have Mars. I'm going to have my son. My son is going to have my son. My husband's going to have his son because of all the things <laughs> me and my husband have tried to do to make this happen before he comes home. And it's crazy because as much as I want my husband home and I want my husband with me, you know, I was thinking at one point, do I really want to be pregnant without my husband and go through these things without my husband? Because I don't want to do it by myself, you know, but I know I can handle it. I have a great support system. I have a loving family. My best friend probably would, she going to be my, my baby mama, baby. She going to be my baby mama, my best friend my niece she gonna be everything and she she know it but she don't know it but i want to do it like i really want to do it because i really don't want to wait until i get close to 50 it kind of terrifies me but i know it's in god's hands but guys you have got to tune in to season two to figure out what happened with mars what i will say is by the time <laughs> by the time i told my husband <laughs> about mars and and if mars was safe and sound at home my husband is so crazy guys he was like uh-uh baby you can't use mars mars might come out without no legs at this point so. <laughs> oh my god so that is my story of the day you have to tune in to season two it's only four people that know this whole entire story guys i mean but you gotta love my husband. He is down for me. My husband gonna ride. Like, he's gonna ride for me. He tried to give me my, my son. It just did not work out this time around. So, trust and believe, I am still trying to get creative of how I can get my son. I am really trying to figure out, do I write the warden? <laughs> like... <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Warden. You know, I would like to get my husband sperm. My biological clock is ticking. I don't know. But I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission for Mars. <laughs> so, again, guys, that's my story of the day. Um, I just needed that laugh. Oh, my God. It just felt so good. I miss my husband. Um, but that's my story of the day, guys. And guess what? Now it is time for the meme of the day. It is time for the meme of the day. So today I'm not going to read a meme. I stumbled up on a poem and I'm going to share it with you. It's titled Bonnie and Clyde. They call him a criminal and I guess I have to agree. But the greatest crime he ever committed was taking my heart away from me. He's my fallen angel, my other broken half. He always makes me smile. And my God, he makes me laugh. People ask why I follow him. And I simply tell them this. He could rule the world if he wanted. But all he wants is my kiss. People call us criminals. I am the Bonnie to his Clyde. And I will be with him to the end of the line. And that poem was by Nadia, guys. I don't know her, but I definitely, truly love this poem. And that's it, guys. No meme. I wanted to share that poem with you, especially during this time right now. Um, my husband, as of 122 federal prisons, are on a nationwide lockdown. And so, to me, that poem is very fitting for right now. And again, um, thank you guys for joining me for episode 10. 10, guys. Episode 10. Thank you so much for your continued support. And we are going to move episode 10 along. Well, you guys, we have reached my favorite part of the episode. And that is giving you the updates on my husband. Well, guys, unfortunately, I do not have an update on my husband. I was just hoping when I did bonus episode um, Friday, 
uh, actually Wednesday, I was hoping that by today, I would have had an update saying that this lockdown is completely over and it's not. The federal prisons are still on a nationwide lockdown and I'm just completely in my feelings at this point. I have had, this hasn't been a good week. Um, This morning I woke up and as I stated before, I just needed, I needed to channel some different type of energy. I'm just drained emotionally, mentally, physically drained right now. I miss my husband. I want to talk to my husband. Um, All I keep thinking about is what's on his mind. I did get an alert yesterday that he did receive his pictures. Well, I don't know if he actually received them, but they were delivered. Um, I know that my letters got to him as well. And I'm just hoping that he's already gotten them and they put some kind of smile on his face and gave him some kind of comfort. Um, Because I know this is trying for him. I mean, doing my research, I've learned that the lockdowns consist of them just being in those cells. I don't even know if they're getting commissary due to the fact that the inmates work in commissary. So it's very difficult guys. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's, it's something that bothers me on a whole different level. And I just want to hear from my husband, period, point blank. There's no other way to spin it. And I'm not just my husband. I'm completely concerned about the other families that are affected as well. I will say today I had a wonderful, wonderful interview. Um, my first podcast live interview where I was being interviewed and it was amazing. Um, it was lunchtime with Anna, with myself and Demita, and we got to talk about this lockdown. We got to talk about how this is affecting the families, and it was just very refreshing to hear these two women understand where I'm coming from and just to just talk about it in general and the things that we could possibly do to help other people that are in this situation. So that was an amazing interview today, guys. And I am going to post it on this podcast so you guys can tune in and listen to it. Um, But again, guys, I haven't heard from my husband and this is going on day seven. Tomorrow at 1130, it will be seven days that these inmates have been on lockdown. And oh my God, it's 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 a lot. It's it's a lot. But please continue to keep my husband in your prayers. Please continue to keep him uplifted. All inmates, all of the inmates that are affected by this, the families that are affected by this, it's really people out here that are really concerned and worried about their loved ones that have not even talked to them and don't even know what's going on. So we must keep these people in our prayers, guys. Um, And again, thank you so much for joining me today and just being on this journey with me. As I said in my very first episode This is a part of it. This is a part of the journey. You know, this is one of the downs, you know, and um, I am hoping that this down would never happen again. So, again, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 10. And we are going to continue on with a series of facts, guys. As promised, I wanted to provide the contact information for my new support group, Fed Up Wives, supporting wives of federal incarcerated inmates. The telephone number is 770-927-8011. The email is fedupwives.support at gmail.com. You can also join the Facebook page, Fed Up Wives Org. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Thank you for all of the support. And now I'm here to support you as well. Please make sure to join the Facebook page. If you have any questions, any concerns, or you would like to join the support group, please reach out. Now back to the show. Hey guys, um, today on a serious note, facts, I just want to tap into a few things that have been brought to my attention. As you know, there is still a federal 
um, lockdown for all 122 prisons. And I don't have a lot to talk about today. Unfortunately, you know, this has just been a trying week for me, but I still owe you as my listeners and my subscribers to bring some facts to you. Within this conversation that I've had today on my um, podcast interview, we talked about this lockdown and how it affects the families and how it affects the inmates. Um, And this has pretty much been the conversation that I've been having almost every day. Um, Within these conversations, um, my best friend brought up the Atlanta prison riots that I actually had no idea about. I am originally from New York. Both my parents are from New York. We came here in the early 80s. Although I was here when this riot took place, I cannot actually remember this riot at all. I'm quite sure that my parents probably could. My mom probably can remember, but I personally do not. But there was a riot at the Atlanta prison i'm sorry at um the atlanta prison riots that took place at atlanta usp penitentiary in 1987 this riot was caused by the announcement of the cubans um possibly being deported back to cuba um Basically, in 1987, it was about 4,000 Cubans that were incarcerated for lack of documents and for committing crimes. Around this time, the U.S. Department had announced that Cuba had agreed to reinstate a 1984 accord that would permit deportation of about 2,500 Cubans. Um, consequently about 200, I'm sorry, about 2,500 of these Cubans were actually incarcerated. And this is how the riot began. They took hostages, um, and they, the riot was over the anger of facing deportation and they took hostages and they tried to negotiate uh, a different fate for themselves. Now, three days after the riot was announced, I'm sorry, three days after the announcement about the deportation, the teenage, the detainees seized control of the U.S. penitentiary in Atlanta. Their principal demand was that they not be deported back to Cuba. Guys, these guys were willing to be in jail here in the United States rather than going back to Cuba. During the riot, a 32-year-old Cuban inmate, Jose Pena Perez, was killed by a corrections officer. According to the prison warden, the officer shot the inmate to protect another fellow officer. Um, following the nego- negotiations, the majority of the inmates voted to surrender to an agreement um, in December on December 4th, and the remaining hostages were released. Now... There was a concern by the um, Federal Bureau of Prisons. There was a particular inmate there, Tom um, Silverstone. He was a high-ranking member of the Aryan Brotherhood gang who was doing time and was actually in solitary confinement for killing a a prison guard, Merle E. Colts, in USP Marion in 1983. Um, he was actually loose. He was actually loose among the prisoners and some of the prisoners was able to get control of him and drug him. And they actually turned him over to the authorities while negotiations to end the riots were still going on. It says that this guy spent 42 years of his life in prison, um, after being convicted of four separate murders that took place while he was in prison. He um, spent the last of his years at a specially designed cell at ADX Florence in Colorado called Range 13. He's said to be the longest held prisoner in solitary confinement within the Bureau of Prisons at the time of his death. And again, um, he was a leader. He was a former leader of the Aryan Brotherhood um, prison gang. And yeah, his penalty was life in prison without parole. So that is a little information that I have on the Atlanta prison riots. And within that conversation of, of with my best friend, I, I, she's from Summerhill and she kept saying something about Summerhill and the riots. And let me tell you a fun fact. 
I was Googling exactly what she was saying, and I actually stumbled up on an article from the Georgia Tech Ivan Allen um, Allen Digital Archives that there was actually a riot called the Summerhill Riot that took place in September 1966. This riot was caused by an unarmed shooting of a black man, Harold Parther, I believe, um, and a group of Summerhill uh, residents grew to over a thousand people that gathered together in response to this shooting to um, protest long-term local problems um, such as poor housing, inadequate public service, um, the urban renewal policies. There was a lot of backlash on the construction of the Atlanta Fulton County Stadium at the time that was on the edge of Summerhill. There was an organization called the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the SNCC, which had started about 1960. They became involved when one of its members was heavy into this protest. So I thought it was really interesting that within the conversation that me and her were having about this Atlanta riot, because of her neighborhood was so close to the USP um, Atlanta, she remembered it. But as she was telling me the story, I literally Googled Summerhill Riot Atlanta. And that it, it actually came up as an actual riot that took place back in September 1966. Um, I also wanted to share with you a article that I stumbled on as well when I was doing a lot of research about this lockdown. There's a mom of a um a guy that was at Beaumont, the same lock the same prison that the actual original fight took place that sparked the nationwide lockdown. Um she's actually advocating for reform in the wake of the recent deaths of this lockdown. Now her son was stabbed 13 times back in December. And she did not know about this. A parent called her and basically told her that her son was stabbed. She didn't get any response. She didn't get anything. So she ended up getting on the road and she drove um, to Texas. I want to say from Florida to Texas, maybe. She She arrived there on Thursday. And when she got there, a guard at a gate told her basically asked her if she had heard from a chaplain and of course her response was no he then went to tell her that oh well he's alive because if you haven't heard from a chaplain any other time he would be dead and this article just floored me because I can't believe that that would be someone's response is to say well if you haven't talked to a chaplain then he's okay otherwise he would be dead She has dedicated her life to um, advocating for prison reform, and I commend her. Um, I really, really commend her. This actual prison has had a lot of problems, um, a lot of corruption going on, something else that I have discovered within doing my research. And I just want to, you know, let you guys know that Although I understand the seriousness of trying to protect and trying to not have violence spread, we're going on almost seven days. And there is definitely a violation of human rights when it comes to it being this serious and this long. My concerns are definitely with these inmates and what they're going through um, outside of everything that families are going through right now. So... I just wanted to touch on a couple of those facts. I wanted to share some things that I stumbled upon by doing my research. And I really don't have anything else to actually give you guys today. Um, As I stated earlier in the episode, this has been a draining week for me. And my whole um, thought process right now is just, Wanted to talk to my husband, wanted to make sure my husband is okay. 
and trying to do everything that I can to be there for people who are going through this right now. I have been communicated to a lot. I have been reached out to a lot within this process. And that is 100% the reason why I decided to go ahead and start this support group. You know, I realized today with my interview with, um, lunchtime with Anna and Demita how serious this trauma is and how you live with it and how it becomes a part of your DNA and how it really really affects you and what I do know is that although I'm still a broken daddy's girl it definitely helps me to help other people and that's pretty much where I'm going to leave this segment today guys I want to thank you so much for tuning in Um, for joining me on this journey. You know, this is a part of the journey. And this is episode 10. I am halfway through my first season. And I really appreciate you guys sticking out with sticking it out with me. I really, really do. Again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And that's it, guys. I hope you have a wonderful and amazing Sunday. And as I stated before, please keep my husband in your prayers. Keep him uplifted and keep all of these people that are affected right now by this lockdown. It may not be serious to some, but it's definitely a serious situation going on right now, guys. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 10, halfway through season one. Well, guys, this concludes our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were entertained. And most of all, I hope you will continue this journey with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, guys. As I stated in my previous episodes, as I continue this journey, I will get better. I promise to bring you good content to keep you entertained. Make sure to follow the show's social media. Instagram is Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. Twitter is Wetlock Podcast. If you want to submit questions, advice, or comment on the show, hit the message link in the show's description and I will respond on my bonus episode on Fridays. For brand promotions, if you want to join in on an episode, share a story, spread some knowledge, please email me. Please email me at wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me. I look forward to bringing you my next episode. So please stay safe. Stay blessed and welcome to Wetlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcast. For episode updates, upcoming live episodes, discussion forms, and contact information, please visit the website wetlockchronicles.com.